couple with two kids wanting to do something that highlights the power of friendship and what it means to be in the company of true friends. We're going to move our society away and out of the loneliness epidemic and into a friendlier, happier world. Welcome to Our Friendly World. Better, Stronger, Together. Good afternoon, good evening, good day. Good day. For those of you in Australia, hello. <laughs> Wish we were there or New Zealand. So, pearls of wisdom for today. By the way, welcome, 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 welcome to our friendly world. This is Fawn and Matt. Pearls of wisdom from Santa Monica. Today's pearl has to do with fine lines. We had this amazing community in Santa Monica. The whole reason why Santa Monica was my mentor, everything I learned from her was what transpired in this little tiny little community in Los Angeles. It was amazing. We had such a sense of what true friendship is and what true community is and not the kind of community where you feel obliged to do things, but just feeling naturally the sense of love and fun and just being together and enjoying all aspects of life. Granted, it was not always like this. We definitely had some tragedies happen in the neighborhood. Right. We had some bad things happen. However, as a whole, it was such a beautiful utopia. It was just utopic. Is that, is that a word, utopic? I don't think so. I don't care. I'm making it up. It's mine. Utopic. All right. So if, when, not if, but whenever we had to leave the neighborhood, first of all, it was a big ordeal because that meant we would lose our parking spots. Parking spots were huge. And if you're from LA or you've been to LA, you know, you can't get anywhere without a car. (laughs) Except in our neighborhood, if you could actually work and live like right there. Which a lot of people did. A lot of people did however it was getting harder and harder to do because google was moving and things were starting to change and definitely true but when i worked at ucla i could take the bus that's true we had a great we even had like a really fantastic transportation system one of them was free and it was electric remember the tide yeah it would take you from one side to another it was free and well it used to be free and then it became 25 cents And it was fantastic. And we were friends with the drivers and you could go bar hopping and not worry about driving. You could go to the third street promenade. And I remember one of our friends who drove one of the electric buses, the tide, he would play my favorite music, not because it was my favorite music. It was just, we had that in common. Mm -hmm. It was just magical, man, magical. But let's say you had to go and leave the neighborhood. Leave the neighborhood. If you lost your parking spot, you really, you had to, you had to pray for the parking angels. I even had, remember, I had a wind up angel on the hood of my car, the dashboard. I did. It was another animal when you left the neighborhood. The weather would change instantaneously if you crossed east, if you went east of Lincoln Boulevard. 
Right, the marine layer would extend basically until it would uh, stop, Lincoln, and then, like, it would, then it would stop. Yeah, it was very creepy and uncanny. It was really crazy. It was like, nope, I draw the line right here. Although it's interesting because you lived in the dark side as opposed to the light side. Yeah, but were. the dark side was magical, and it looked like you lived in the clouds. And it wasn't too hot either. Eleven thirty in the morning, the weather was perfect. It was dewy, so your skin always was perfect. Your hair was perfect. It was just so comfortable. <laughs> it was so nice. We all, not all, I to this day regret that I didn't actually buy one of these shirts. This situation was such a big deal in our neighborhood to the extent that we had t-shirts and sweatshirts that said AWOL. A-W-O-L. And it stood for Always West of Lincoln. And we all knew what that meant. Nobody else really understood what that meant. Right. But if you lived in our neighborhood, you knew what that meant. You stay west of Lincoln. It's cooler there in so many ways. <laughs> the reason why I'm throwing this out as a pearl today is if you really think about it. And I heard Carolyn Mace. She's an author. She's been around for decades. She talks about this. And what's that trail, honey? I, I always uh, blank out on the name. It goes through Spain. It's like a pilgrimage people take. And you walk. You walk to get to this this church. It's a pilgrimage people take. I have no idea. Spain, huh? You go through Spain. You go through the mountains. You walk around. It's a spiritual kind of pilgrimage everyone, a lot of people take to this day. Okay. And it's centuries old, right? So Carolyn Mace was talking about this, about how she was on it. I think right before the pandemic hit. Okay. And she talks about the fine line of energy. And I don't want to get too woo-woo about it, but it's true. I mean, that's what happened in Santa Monica as far as Lincoln and, and the whole AWOL situation is there's a fine line to everything. You can walk on a path. And if you veer even one step to the left or the right, you will have a completely different experience. True. And that is life. And that's the pearl of wisdom from Santa Monica. That's one of the things that in my heart has stayed with me is that whole concept of the fine line and know where you're walking. Have the intention and have the awareness, the wherewithal of knowing how you step in the world and where you're stepping and where you're walking what is involved in all of that. And Carolyn Mace was talking about this because, so there's a path that people follow, right, to get to this church. Right. And at some point, it's on a sidewalk, and you can tell who's on this pilgrimage, and that's what she was saying, is, it, and parts of it was, it was on a very thin, narrow sidewalk. Mm-hmm. And if you stepped off the sidewalk, all of a sudden there would be cars, traffic, honks of horns, and the hustle and bustle and chaos. Okay. But if every time she stepped back on to the sidewalk, mm -hmm. just one step, like one foot back on, it was a completely different experience. And she was talking about that, that fine line of energy. Pearl of Wisdom oh. from Santa Monica. Is there anything, is there something you want to add to it? I think generally speaking, when you're walking the path you're meant to walk, it feels easy, it feels comfortable, it feels maybe right. 
And that's certainly been my kind of experience. And so it's about trying to find where that spot is or where that path is. Yeah, I know what you mean. I have always said, because I, I always love traveling to different, different parts of the world. And in the beginning, I was looking for you, basically. Even though I was on photo shoots, I was looking around to find my true love. And there were some par- parts of the earth that I felt like I was a needle in an acupuncture session. If you've ever had acupuncture, there are certain points, meridian points, right? And the doctor will insert that very, very fine, skinny little needle Mm -hmm. and your body totally accepts it. And everything, your whole circuitry accepts it and gets nourished by it. And if the practitioner doesn't know what they're doing and they just stick a needle in, sometimes it'll just pop right out. It doesn't vibe with your system. Okay. And so that's how I felt different points on the planet. Like I don't belong here. Like I was ejected. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. So sometimes it's not just your, your own path. It's, it's just taking into consideration Everything that's involved, even the forces that you may not be aware of that you can't see, you have to feel for it. Gotcha. Gotcha. Totally understand. Hey, well, Santa Monica, I miss you. I wish I had one of those shirts. <laughs> oh, dear. I don't like to have a lot of stuff, but I wish I had an AWOL shirt. <laughs> I understand. Anyway, so today's episode, we are talking about foundation. Uh, Isaac Asimov's foundation. So this is, I'm going to let Matt take over because he's the science, is the science fiction? He's this a science is, fiction guy? This is like foundational, foundational ironically because it's called foundation. This is foundational science fiction. This now, is 1950s is, to 40s and this is like. Is he one of your favorite authors? He's one of the great classic science fiction writers. So his name is Isaac Asimov. Yes. A-S-I-M-O-V. And so this book is called Foundation. You were telling me the story about the foundation. And I said, oh my God, that totally relates to friendship. You're like, how the heck does it do that? It's going to be a fun one, folks. Right? How would I? I'm like, no, this is perfect. I want to talk about this, even though I don't understand science fiction. (laughs) And it's not... Believe me, I have no interest in science fiction <gasps> other than when you say you see these authors said this 80 years ago. And I'm like, what? Things that are happening now. Yep. They were like the seers of our society. So before Matt gets into it, I'm going to say exactly how we're going to bring this back to friendship. And I'm going to start again with our friend Aristotle, who's one of our great um, mentors for friendship. All right. So there, you have the Nicomachean ethics. Aristotle had these ideas, of course, and friendship. He talked about the three friendships, and I'm going to repeat them again. I know I'm always talking about that, but here are the three relationships, three different kinds of friendships, and you you should figure out which, when you have relationships with people, be honest with yourself and ask yourself, of these three, where do I stand with these people in relation to who I am? I don't know. Right. Uh, who, uh, who I'm. Which relationship are you in of the three? Right. And it can vary over time, et cetera, et cetera. There are three. So there are, there are those who love you 
and you can say love or you can say you are friends with whatever it's all the same really I'll just today for the sake of things I'm just going to use the word love there are those who love you because you're useful to them okay number one number two there are those who love you because your company provides them with pleasure that was number two the third one is what Aristotle says this is when you know you have true friendship like lifelong friendship that will withstand so the third one is those who love you because you're a good person and I take that as they love you for who you are as a person they put nothing on you I describe it as you know what I'm just watching a movie I'm just watching television the way I watch a movie not you Matt because you always analyze. I always fall asleep. No, you always analyze and you try to <laughs> figure out where things are going. I just like to enjoy and just watch things transpire. Right. And so with people, that's how I am. I have no energy to try to figure things out. I'm just kind of watching you and just letting you say and do whatever you will. And I'm seeing who you are. And I'm going to love you for it. I'm not going to hold anything on you. Does that make sense? Am I making sense? It does. And I'm starting to maybe understand how you're going to tie it into foundation. You are? I'm starting to understand. So keeping those things in mind, and Matt's going to talk about his Asimov, but the questions that I want to ask is, what are we fighting for? What is it that we're striving for that we're fighting for? The second question is, what are we going to create as far as a society in which there's balance, truth, and something symbiotic. How are we going to create that? It's all about knowing, one, who we are. Who are we? Knowing how we are useful, knowing how we are of service. And I'm talking about society, like Mm -hmm. us in society. Knowing how we make other people feel. Like, think about it. How do you make other people feel? And how... We are. Think about how we are in relation to being a good person in society. Now, that's a tough one because who's to say what's good and bad? True. We can't. We, there's no way in our limited scope as human beings we can say what is truly good, what is truly bad. Like, like for example, we can take the right. current political situation. So many bad things have come up in 2020. However, is it truly bad because... For the first time, we're actually having conversation. For the first time, more people are actually uttering the phrase, Black Lives Matter. True. They wouldn't even say that. Right. 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 And if so, we take a look at it from such a narrow scope, a one-week kind of scope, then yeah, we could say it's bad. But over the lifetime of the planet, don't know. But thinking about that and saying, am I a good person, but... Really, good is not a good word for it. (laughs) It's not the correct word. I don't know what the word would be. We need a Wendy here. Our friend Wendy, who's this amazing writer. She needs to be here. What, how are we? We need to, the value, what is our value? And I'm not talking about service here. I'm talking about the spiritual essence, the the thing that we can't see, the intangible. All right. So please describe this whole foundation thing with Asimov. Yeah, now we've had way too much of a buildup. But yes, this is actually from the first book. I'm going to go through this super fast. It revolves around, there's this foundation and it's going to be the new 
beginning of the second galactic empire because the first one's falling. Anyways, so they come to this kind of government, the Karelian Republic, doesn't matter. And what they're trying to do is this, this government is basically over time, they, they embrace what the foundation offers. The foundation offers things like dishwashers that clean really well and knives that never get dull and nucleics is all over everything because it was in the 50s. Welcome to nuclear power everything. An atomic knife. Atomic knife, right. yes. Or a nuclear knife. And then what happens is the this government wants to claim all of the foundation. And so they go to war with them. See, this is where you lost me. So I know. And this is where I'll continue to lose you, I'm sure. So hold on. So there are two groups. There's two one groups. group that makes all this cool stuff. That's the foundation. That's the foundation. And then there's one group that uses this stuff. That uses this stuff, yes. So basically you have a consumer and what's the opposite of producer? Consumer? A producer and a consumer. Yes. So you have these two groups. Yes. Okay, got it. So so the consumers decide they want to be the producers too, and so they go to war with the with the foundation. But the So not only do they want the goods, but they want to have access to the creation of the goods. Correct. They want they want all of it. They yes. want all rights to it right problem is is they're not strong enough to get it so the government of the producers the foundation figures out that if they don't fight they just keep withdrawing from fights and stay away from them and unless they're unless there is no alternative then at some point welcome to the knife will stop cutting the dishwasher will stop washing dishes the oven will stop cooking and the people will start to wonder, well, why are we fighting the foundation? Because they're not losing men and resources because they're not actually fighting. All they're doing is they're not getting cool new stuff. All right. Can we pause? Because oh yeah, I don't know. Do I have brain fog? What is this? Okay. So let me figure this out. <laughs> I know we talk about this story all the time and I'm yes. still... It hasn't completely clicked for me. So right. there are these two groups. One wants to have all the stuff. Right. One is the producer of all the stuff. Mm -hmm. So I have a question. Why is that one group who wants everything, mm -hmm. why are they not strong enough? What makes them not strong enough, do you think? That's a good question. And I think the, the answer to that really is because they're, they, they allowed their knowledge to atrophy and go away, and the foundation never did. So they're always learning. Yes. And growing. Yes. The foundation is always yes. learning and growing. Right. Okay. My other question, or it wasn't a question, but I just want to make sure I'm on the same page. And I now forgot what I was going to say. But so you have, you, okay, so they want everything. Right. Whatever that society is. I keep forgetting their name. But the foundation is like, so they're they're wanting to have a fight, a war. Right. And the foundation is like basically saying nuts to this. I'm not going to. I'm not going to fight you. I'm not. I'm not going to fight you, but you're also not going to get my goods, obviously, right. because we're at because war. Because we're at war. Exactly. If you want to go to war with us, whatever, man, you're not going to get my stuff. Yes. So the society that now can't get access to this stuff. Right. The cool stuff. Yes. The cool stuff that the foundation makes. Now they're thinking whatever and then time goes on time and goes their by. stuff stops working so they need to exactly. get more stuff right and, and they now, can't and they can't produce it and they can't anything it. and they're at war yes so they're not only at war but they also don't have the cool stuff right got it right and so the story ends with this 
the consumers basically surrendering unconditionally to the foundation because it was a housewives revolt is how they described it because welcome to the 50s of course because the housewives do all the cooking etc cetera, etc cetera. welcome once again to the 1950s um well so, we can think of it this way so they women unconditionally women do control everything right we educate the children we run the household we keep things going but we get no accolades for it basically right the men take over so i'll just choose to look at it like that so i got you all right so now the pain is starting to hit right so if you're just a consumer yes and if you're just a taker yes and if you're not going to educate yourself and create your own stuff right now you're really at the mercy of everything not only do you not have stuff you know things that give you comfort in life right that provide your life with positivity whatever however way you want to look at it true not only that but you're also at war right and it's it's a war with no victors there's a it's a war without i mean on the plus side there's no suffering but it's kind of a whole other story because but that's people, kind of like there is suffering because it's kind of like saying you have sanctions well it's like it's like death of a thousand cuts it's right. not like you know somebody's taking your planet or taking your city or taking your anything it's 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 just a matter of you know i look in my my kitchen and i have a stove that doesn't work <laughs> but isn't this what they talk about like sanctions like we just choose to not give or take from certain countries right yes so it is a war and it does it does hurt Yes. No, no, no. And you're absolutely right. I mean, we're currently, I think, involved in a similar situation with North Korea, where we don't trade really at all. And then with China, there are trade with tariffs, Iran. so everything's more expensive. With Cuba, Iran, Cuba, Libya, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure there's a nice long list if we really looked it up. You know, I was talking to Daphne, and she, she brought up a point regarding Cuba. She's like, well, maybe we should move to Cuba. And I said, really? Why? I was thinking, why? Because, I mean, talk about strife, right? But she said, because of the sanctions, they've had to really get strong and create their own things, correct? Well, yeah, no, And she was speaking, true. you know, we always talk about food, and our, between our conversations, we always talk about the, ne- the necessity of no chemicals in mm-hmm. things, right? So Daphne's has always been a huge, huge, uh, what do you call it, uh, promoter of making sure that there are no chemicals in our food, in our water, in our air. And she was saying that their food is 100% organic because they were sanctioned. Therefore, they did not have the chemicals and the pesticides being sold to them. Okay. Isn't that interesting? It is. As far as like, okay, we're going to be at war. You're not going to give them stuff, but... But they chose to, the people chose to figure it out. Right, right. And people, yeah, the people of Cuba definitely chose to figure it out. Cars. Somebody's going to come up with a business that's going to export all those flipping 1950s cars they have that are just gorgeous in Cuba. Make them e-cars? And they're going to, they're either going to figure out how to make them e-cars and keep them in Cuba, or they're going to export them to the U.S. and make a grip of money. Right. Anyways, besides the So back to the foundation. I'm sorry, I have to break it down because Mm -hmm. I need to... There's something here that is so vital and so important in this story. And although I'm not a science fiction person, 
I can understand. I can grasp. I'm starting to grasp really what's being said here. And I think it's really important for us to understand and talk about. Right. It's, it's about if you distill out from a societal basis and you distill it down to just two people talking, you've got one side where I'm giving to you. I'm always giving and, and this person is always taking. And at some point, the giver stops giving. Now, and that's, it's not necessarily a war. It's not necessarily in anything. It may just right. be who knows. But it, it's it's a macro micro situation. Right. This is a macro story. But if you think if you bring it down to the micro level, microscopic level, whatever you want to call it, it's kind of talking about the first. Exactly. Exactly. They're friends with you because you're useful. Right. Because I can get stuff. And what happens when that goes away? Right. What happens if they can no longer get good stuff from me? Or what happens when I stop giving them good stuff? What happens when they realize you're a jerk and they're not going to provide this useful service for you? Right. I'm talking about a friendship here. I get my, I, I lose my discount at the coffee shop or whatever, it, or whatever else it may whatever be. Whatever it is your friend or the, you are offering, you know, when you realize, oh, okay, this is just, they're using me right. for this without any kind of love or appreciation it's purely take right right and i i certainly have been caught up in this world on more of a no i'm not on more of a but on a professional level i've worked with worked for somebody at a job and then he was summarily kicked his name for the purposes of our discussion will be dick you know what there are so many other words i would like to call him if i ever see uh, this guy richard oh, and we'll just call him richard can i i just Okay. In my mind, I have many other names. I understand. But anyways, he was like boss's boss. And then he left and I stayed in touch with him because he was interesting and ironically enough, useful as far as being a forward thinker, et cetera, et cetera. And we started talking and we started developing one tiny little thing together and it didn't go very far, but that was fine. And then later we started developing this big thing together to the point where he was starting to involve some of his people and we were really focused. We were talking for, I want to say it was like 45 minutes to an hour, almost every day. Every day, every day. I remember because our children were babies and I really, when you got off from work, I was like, oh, I really need your help. But no, you had this conference call with Dick. Yes. But anyways. So we would talk and, and, you know, I always kept it, tried to keep it as professional as possible. But of course, if you talk to somebody that long every day, things get just a little personal and they did, you know, asking about families, et cetera, et cetera. You know what, though, from my perspective, you were such a good friend to him. You were. You offered him because I would hear your conversations going in and out of the room. Mm -hmm. What you offered him, honey, was on so many levels way more than he deserved you were a good well, friend as history shows but we, we're not there yet okay we're not there yet anyways we saw some strange things happen in our in my professional life and we had to we ended up moving and this was right at the point in time i was moving to silicon valley he was gonna pitch our idea on Sand Hill Road, I think it's called. He was pitching it to angel investors, right? He was going to pitch to angel but investors. But not only were we moving, we were in dire straits. Yes, but I don't want to get too far into that negative okay. aspect of things. Right. Uh, I'm just saying he wasn't a friend. Right. 
he it was like whatever no, no, no. It, couldn't it, care as Bye. quote unquote friend not friend he was pitching an idea he was going to pitch the idea to angel investors and then at literally after we had after we had made the trip down uh looking for a place to live etc cetera, etc cetera, he didn't pitch can i just say something that you're not you're not bringing to surface here you were you not doing all the coding how many years of coding did you do for this project it was a great project you were doing all the work and from my perspective all he was doing was sitting back and letting you do all the work with the with a carrot of saying well i have friends that are all they're all angel investors right and also he was going to handle Basically, we split it. I was the technical side. He was going to be the sales marketing side. But you did all the work. Because as it turns out, yeah, at that point in time, certainly I sucked at sales and marketing. I'd like to believe I'm a little better now, but who knows? Anyways, he ended up not pitching it. And then he was really surprised when I stopped talking to him. This is after years, years of this. Yeah, a year and a half, two years, yes. It was more than that. If you say so. Anyways, we're, yeah, we're, it, it, we're literally, this is very charged, uh, certainly for me as well as my wife. So let's be careful and let's try and stay objective. I would focused. just like to kick his ass. I understand. Anyways, so, so Dick ended up not uh, pitching the idea and didn't really have a stellar reason why. I know why. Because he was full of SHIT. And there you go. It was all, there's a reason why he got kicked to the curb. When you worked at that company and I, and I started to see it as, as he was lingering and, you know, having this promise of, Oh, I'm going to talk to this investor. I'm going to talk, I'm going to pitch it, pitch it. I'm going to, I'm going to, and never, never did he make the move to do that. Right. For a guy who espouses, is that the word he would say, you know, I have all this and he lived like. He was a major mover and shaker and, you know, a gazillionaire. Right. right. Uh, at knows the, all at these the influential the day, people. At the end of the day, I couldn't tell you what truth was. All I know is these were the facts. And he got real surprised when I stopped talking to him. I just didn't take his calls. I didn't respond to his emails. I didn't anything him. Because in my mind, our relationship had at its heart a business arrangement. At least that's what it morphed into. If it didn't start there, that's where it ended. And when that relationship ended, it was because, um, I guess I was the, I was the producer and he was the consumer and I just cut him off. Thank God. Bye bye for you, Dick. Because as a technical person, you know, there's only so many hours in the day and there's only so many things I can learn and only so many things, frankly, I can do. And you need to focus your attention where it matters and figuring out where it matters can be a tricky thing. And if you want to look at it very digital and hard and logical and everything else, same goes for friendships. You know, you, you, you cast your net out upon, across the waters, it feels like to me sometimes, and sometimes you catch a fish and sometimes you don't. And where you don't, where you don't get something back, you know, if it's, if it's strictly a, if your friendship is strictly a one-way street, then it's maybe not a friendship. So this is my point. This is why I bring up Aristotle and these three lines from Aristotle, the Nicomachean way. If we are able to 
in business and in regular life. Think about what is happening here. Which of the three is really happening? Is there harmony? Is there balance? Is it purely number one? Number two? Is it number three mixed in with one and two? What is going on here? It would save us all so much time and heartache. Right. Because once you are... In the beginning, when you can, in a, in a non-charged way, look at a situation and figure out which of these three is happening here, you're not emotionally attached to it. So you're able to, without it hurting you, you're able to see clearly what this is about. So you're not going to get all bent out of shape when you realize, oh, this person is just using me for this. Right. Okay. That's cool. You yeah. know, and if, if that's an arrangement you're okay with, then that's an arrangement you're okay with. Yeah, but... If you, if you put all your hopes into certain things that they say to string you along, you're going to go, you're going to get in trouble and this should work in business, right? Yeah, this should work in all ways. We need to, this needs to be number one. When you start anything, you need to look at these three ethics. Right. And that's what we did when we started Be Friendly. Friendly. We matched people up platonically based on these th- these three things so we would take the pain out of friendships right, right. the Absolutely. pain out of dating in our case dating platonic to to match you up with platonic friends yes yeah no absolutely um back to one of my favorite authors not isaac asimov but now over to herman hess uh, Hessa, maybe i don't know i've heard him pronounce both ways but he would describe friendships and this was back in he wrote these he wrote this particular book which was his second in like i want to say it was 1897 so this is like ancient but he talked about an environment in a boarding school where people would form attachments boy the boys because it was a seminary school and it was 1897 would form attachments to one another and sometimes it was because student A was good at Latin and student B was good at mathematics. So they would teach each other so they could tutor each other or they shared a love of music or person A's father was a farmer and gave him, sent him bushels of apples. And person B's father was uh, a different type of farmer. And he had a, he brought basically almost a whole hog and they would share back and forth. And there's nothing wrong with these types of friendships. And some of these friendships survive longer than friendships that are more, I don't know if you want to call it ethically based or a deeper Nicomachean ethic. Nicomachean. Yes, yes, yes. Anyways, so this is one of these things that has been noticed for thousands of years, frankly. Can you go back to the foundation story? How did it end again? So the consumer's... Lost, basically, no, this, more and more of their wait, goods got lost. Tell, and, tell our friends exactly. The first time you described this story to me, tell our friends exactly the way you described it to me. I don't remember how exactly I described I it think, to you. Actually, we were talking about what was going on in our country, right? We were, You and I were talking about the will of people to really stand up for what's right. Or uh, yes, like, yes, yes. Okay. Like we were saying, oh my goodness, if we all pull together... It's the simple one thing that we should be doing. But if we look at what happened during World War II in the United States, everybody was pulling together whatever resources they had to achieve a certain outcome. Right. You know, we were we were giving up our pantyhose, for goodness sake. We had rationing of food. We had rationing of gas. Everybody really sacrificed for one common goal. For the greater good. 
okay, you can say the greater good, you know. Once again, I'm having trouble with the word good today. I know, I know. But we all sacrificed something. We all gave, we were, a, we were, once again, I'm going to say this because we, I say we're not, we need to become comfortable with being uncomfortable. And we've reached this point in our society where nobody wants to be uncomfortable anymore. Right. That's why we're not having conversations we should be having because it's too uncomfortable. God forbid we have with your parents a conversation about race and politics. <laughs> so that's what we were talking about. That's how this whole foundation story came up because you said, look at this. Like there's no will for people to really achieve something because they have no what what you use this one word i don't remember what it was but basically you were saying we don't have the will to just do it because we are all about convenience right well okay so how asimov described it was uh, this whole war that wasn't a war between these two factions you know people are willing to put up with a lot when city their cities are getting bombed when their children are getting hurt or killed where you, you, there's not enough food to go around people are willing to in the spirit of patriotism go with continuing the war but when the war only revolves around looking at an oven that doesn't cook and a knife that doesn't cut and a refrigerator that doesn't chill and etc cetera, etc cetera, people wonder what they really are fighting for because they're inconvenienced but because it's not so dire that they feel threatened and maybe that's the point is when you feel threatened you're willing to put up with a lot and when that doesn't materialize then you're like well what are we doing so do you think we've been lulled into this somehow in our culture in our society lulled into thinking everything's okay everything's kind of numb where you're we're just we don't have the will to wake up and go this is not okay i always wonder about that you know before 2020 happened i always said isn't it interesting that the the transportation fare will go up by three cents or something like that. And the whole country will riot in France. Right. And this is France, not America. That's what I'm trying to say is look at that, man. They get up. They, they're the, they're no here. You're taking away right after right after right of a human being. And we're seeing all kinds of, atrocious acts right and we're lulled into doing nothing how did that happen and i don't i know you don't want to talk about politics honey i don't i know you don't want to go there but it's this story it's the foundation story there's no sense of action there's no sense of being a good human being and taking care of one another right it has to do with oh my knife isn't working my, i don't have a dishwasher that will make you create some change in the world is out of convenience or inconvenience as opposed to having the moral compass to say this is inhumane. This is not how we should be acting towards one another. This is not how we should be the caretaker of one another. Help me out, Matt. No, no, no. And once again, you're absolutely right. 
What do you think is the reason we're all lulled into inaction? Again, I can draw from science fiction. It's just, it's a matter of not believing you can affect change. It comes from a place of, and so then conversations start to happen between household A and household B, where household A doesn't have a refrigerator that works, and household B doesn't have a knife that will cut, or household C hears about, hears about an entire kitchen that stopped working, or also in the process of the story, they revitalized, they uh, went into like different manufacturing plants and modernized them and created obscene profits for the owners, which they started to lose. And so all these voices, tiny little voices, but if you've ever been in the situation where uh, one tiny voice is very, very quiet, but a hundred tiny voices start to sound like a shout. Exactly. Thank and, you so much. And so it's about, it's about owning your Aikido-ness, owning your I am what I am and walking tall and boldly and, and with an understanding of yourself then going up and saying, you know, something isn't right. This isn't right. Thank you, honey. Exactly. Now, exactly. So this is, this is my point. This is why I'm saying friendship can change our world and tip it towards total greatness and happiness and love. Because you said something interesting. You said, because they don't believe that they can, they don't, you get into a situation, you get into a lull of thinking, you don't believe you can create change. I remember hearing one of the scientists that I listened to, we, I was at a workshop and we were talking about what, what is, why do you think that there are people who don't wake up and think that they can create a better life for themselves. Why don't they plan for the future? Why don't they, like speaking on many different levels, like, let's take finances as one. Why is there a group of people that never invest in their futures? Why don't they figure out what to do with their money so that in the future they'll, they'll be having something that they can look forward to, something you can put in the bank, right? Every day putting a certain percentage away. Right. Why is it that people don't do that? Because, and it's not just with money, because there's a sense of pessimism. There's a sense of defeat that they don't believe that they can. Now, I, I remember Joe Dispenza saying, why do you think people don't wake up in the morning and create the lives that they really want? And you can do that so easily by just focusing and getting still and seeing it and meditating just for a little bit. Why don't they even do something like so simple right. or in some cases for health reasons? All you have to do is eat more carrots, let's say anything right right why absolutely. don't we do that because we've lost hope and we feel like we can't we feel powerless we don't believe we can create change we don't believe in a future so you end up being apathetic correct true so and we live there and that is the most dangerous place to be and this is where friendship comes because even if it's just one person and that one person could be a dog or a squirrel in my case <laughs> out the window. Right. Who like, I feel like, like makes me laugh every day. If you have a friend, you feel power and that power is real. 
And it's interesting to me that friendship has gone out the window. And when we feel separated, and it's, it's a lie, we're not really separated, we're all interconnected. But if you feel like you're alone, you are powerless. But if you remember that you're not alone, and especially when you have a friend by your side, and when you laugh, that laughter is such great medicine, especially when you laugh at absurdity. <laughs> When things get really bad on the news and you hear some really stupid stuff right? beyond absurdity and you start laughing at it, don't you feel powerful? Like you don't care. It, it, all the weight gets lifted off of you. And that is my point. We need to get back to friendship. And with that, we can make more money. We can create the lives we want. We can decorate our lives the way we want. We can have some fun the way we used to in Santa Monica. Yes. Do you understand what I'm saying? I totally understand. I totally understand where it's bigger than I post something and I get 27 likes to it. It's, it's this know who I am, accept me for who I am. I accept you for who you are. There's such a power to that. All of a sudden you feel much more grounded. You feel stronger. You feel better. And on so many levels... That has been proven. If you want to get religious about it, you know, when they say praying with more than one person for something, it creates more power, right? When two or more are gathered in my name, I am there in the midst of them. Welcome back to my Lutheran education. Okay, yeah. And just, I don't know, I think about like when I have to do something like moving if a friend is in the room just talking to me, I have more energy to move the boxes. And remember how the Math Institute, the Pearl of Wisdom that day, I said they did a study where they, they had two people walking uphill and they found that people who walked up a hill did better when they were with a friend than the ones that were by themselves. Right. I'm just saying people, come on, let's come together. Let's just have some fun. I mean, how easy is that? Let's try to figure out a way we could have friendship. Even if it's in quarantine, it doesn't matter. I was telling a friend yesterday that even when we're not in the same room, I feel the embrace of my friendship and I feel the sense of power right. in our phone calls. And I feel like, okay, I feel uplifted. I feel charged right. in a very positive way. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. I've been in moments where I've been feeling a little off, a little down, a little whatever, and a simple conversation or just a just a touch from a friend makes me feel so much better for sure. In the foundation, they basically gave up. The one side said, okay, nuts to this. This is inconvenient. I want my knives and dishwashers. Right. You win. Yes. And they went back to normal guaranteed at some at some point another war would have happened because you're not really solving the main issue is you're not being of service if you're a constant taker mm -hmm. that's going to atrophy you more and more correct because you're not growing you're not learning you're not you're not in harmony yes i would say on a person-to-person -person issue but on a country to country or a civilization empire to empire basis 
there still can be symbiosis. It's just the overlying structure has changed. How is there a symbiosis if one country is always producing the goods and the country is dependent on those goods and they can't, they don't have anything on their own to because create? Because the people can go to the foundation and learn because, you know, not necessarily learn the tricks to create the stuff, but they can learn cool stuff. Uh, people can embrace the philosophies or the religion or the anything else of the of the other, and this goes back and forth and meld, and you know maybe eventually become much closer to one culture than two. Got it. I say that we again have to take those three issues and think about it, and think about how you can be of service, how you can make people feel something positive, and how. In your own way, I'm going to use the word good, but you know, I, I haven't come up with the correct word for it, but to be that kind of a human being. You mean a good human being? I said, I don't want to use the word good. <laughs> Do you know of a word we can use for that? I don't know. But you know what I'm saying, right? Yeah. I would just say, try and make sure all your friendships are two way. Otherwise at some point, one party Three will be disinterested. Well, you will be disinterested. Maybe it depends on which side of that relationship you're on. I understand. I just think that there needs to be a balance with, well, maybe not a balance, but you, the most important thing is you have to have the love. You have to be that loving force for it to have sustainable, lasting, not only relationships, but mechanisms that are at play in our society. I think everything should be rooted in kindness. I got you. And that's it. That's it, folks, <laughs> for today. Be kind. Do you want to add anything else? I'm good. And being kind, I mean friendly. Be friendly, too. Welcome to our friendly world. All right. I think that's it. I, I mean, it's a, it's a heavy thing. Yes. I hope I'm making myself clear. I don't know. But we'll talk to you in a few days. If we're not making ourselves clear, leave comments please oh and if we are making ourselves clear leave please go to the website and leave us not only a review guys but now my ask is please can you fill out the survey because i want to create better shows and this survey will help me know what you would like all right the kids are here oh. gotta go <laughs> oh dear talk to you later be well bye friends bye-bye